0: The What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape. Hello, this is Aaron Strout. I'm the CMO of the W2O Group and also the host of the What to Know podcast. I am here at the Nuco Shift Forum and I have the pleasure of kicking off the day with Chris Satchel. Chris is the Chief Product Officer at Comcast, a company you may have heard of before. Uh, welcome, Chris. Good morning, it's great to be here. Aaron. Well, it's great to have you here. And uh, I think for you, actually, this is somewhere around probably later in the day, your time, <laughs> but so I appreciate you uh, doing this early. You and I talked a little bit when uh, at the Olympic party that Comcast hosted back in, I wanna say July or August in San Francisco, I met you through our mutual friend Brian Solis, and you have a unique background. And and I say that because of the fact that you spent time as the uh, consumer technology officer at Nike, another yep. company people may have heard of, and the CTO for Microsoft's interactive entertainment business. How would someone with a background like that, and I think you, had, you worked at gaming, you know, a few other gaming yeah. companies, yeah. how did you go from that to, Obviously, a technology company, but you know, I think Comcast doesn't normally get mentioned in the same breath that Nike and Microsoft, Xbox, and things like that do.
1: Well, I think it's it's been a, I've been very lucky to work with some great teams on some amazing products, and all the way through my career, it's been very much around how do you take media and technology and build great consumer products, and so if you think about Comcast. It's actually a really good match because the core of what we do is deliver media, deliver entertainment, deliver experiences uh, throughout your your customers' homes, and we do that with technology. And so it actually, for me, kind of felt a little bit like coming home after Nike. Nike's a phenomenal uh, company, but I realized after a while that um, I was never going to build footwear and apparel. I'd build everything around that, but not actually footwear and apparel. And what I love to do is build the core experience people pay for. Because in the end, that's where people, they vote with their wallets. And I think it's fun when you grow up in technology and like building things to build the thing that, the, that people want, whether that was Xbox or whether that was, you know, gambling entertainment or now it's, you know, a great home Internet service. It's amazing video products. It's amazing home automation security. It's a thing that people build for. So to me, it felt uh, very natural. Although I was always like to say, I did have to give up the one and only time in my career where my mother knew what I did, because to her, my career has been like, don't know what you do, don't know what you do, don't know what you do. Oh, you make shoes, I don't know what you do. And as we don't have cable uh, back in the UK, really, um, she is now back to the I don't know what you do. So uh, that was unfortunate, but I do get to do some great products at scale. scale. Well, it's funny because I have that same thing
0: with my kids and my extended family. It's like, tell me what you do again. It's like, I run marketing at an agency. That's all you have to say. Um, That makes sense. And actually, one of the things I do want to talk to you a little bit about is the smart home, and we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, We are at the shift forum and you are getting interviewed later today with uh, by john Battelle, and the talk i believe is media and transition which sounds fascinating i'll certainly be at the session
1: can you give us a little sneak preview of what you and john plan to cover in that yeah i think it's a few things that we, we want to look at i mean one of them is and i think john will point this out that people think of comcast as a plumbing company as an infrastructure company and so the question is like well you're a chief product officer of a you know an infrastructure company and i think a fascinating thing to talk about how media is evolving is trying to change the conversation from just providing a baseline service to providing a unique differentiated experience one that you have an emotional connection to and that's a lot of what i think my job and what my teams try to do is how do we deliver that great experience but it's also about uh, how do you do that within the context of a digital home? I mean, we're all, we're all becoming more digital. You can sort of do the survey of surveys and you, you look at it and say, well, by 2020, we're all gonna have 50 devices plus in our homes that are connected. So how do you take that experience and make that differentiated for a customer and really let them enjoy that and take part in that ecosystem without having to feel like you're the CIO of your, of your own home? So th- those are a, a, you know, a couple of topics we want to touch on and a lot of it is all around you know putting the customer first and putting a differentiated experience for a differentiated experience first and then you, you mentioned brian Solis, but the one of the things that brian and i both are really passionate about is the journey and so we we'll talk about that as well about focusing on every touch point in that customer journey or the moments of truth as people like to talk about because that's really what customers remember and if you can serve them all through that journey and think about it and stress every part of it then you can really deliver something of value. And, and that's, that's what we're trying to do as a company now. That's great, and you've partly answered my next question, although I have uh, an add-on that
0: hopefully you and John will touch on today, and that is with uh, Alexa and some of the other voice search devices that are in the home. First of all, like what have been some of the barriers that have stopped people from enjoying that journey? And second, like do you see, and I'm asking that somewhat rhetorically, a role for these voice search devices to really being that very simple user interface into the smart home, because they're kind of stupid simple to use, right? And I'm holding up my smartphone here, but Siri kind of taught us how to use this starting a
1: few years back. Well, I think, I mean, you, you can see from us as a company, we are in love with voice. I mean, we we have over 13 million active voice remotes now, and we process well over 300 million voice commands a month. Um, and it's, it's incredible. I and mean, we've only been doing it so, so, sort of, not even two years yet, and we've had that growth. I mean, generally, I, I my problem is, if Brian, our CEO, asks for the latest stats on voice, all I know is by the time I send him the email, we'll have delivered a bunch more voice remotes and it'll be out of date. But we're, what we're finding is voice is a great way to flatten interfaces. You don't have to learn a hierarchy anymore. And it doesn't mean that we don't love graphical interfaces like X1, and we saw it at the Olympics. We really tried to make that incredible. But the ability to not only flatten an interface within a product, but across products, is really important to us. So people probably wouldn't guess it, but we not only have this huge install base of active customers using voice with us, doing some very interesting complex queries. I mean, you can ask things like, you know, show me your movies for kids that are free to me that I haven't seen yet. That's a, we don't have that piece of interface. We create it on the fly for you. But also, we're really pushing into machine learning, natural language processing, to allow you to control all our services, but without having to think of multiple keywords. And this is going to be a fascinating area because I think the piece that everybody in sort of technology is starting to think about is how many personalities in your home and who are those personalities and how do they interact? Because everybody's playing a bit of a winner-takes-all game at the moment, and I think we're all going to have to cooperate a lot to make voice that truly natural interface. And then lastly, what, what we really enjoy is the multimodalness that you get between X1 and voice because there's some things you just don't want to have narrated to you. For, and it's funny, I mean, Amazon's an amazing company, but if, if I think of something you don't want narrated, a shopping list. Can you imagine once you get past the fourth item, you've forgotten, I mean, who you know, all the devices on your internet, can you imagine how mind-numbing that would be to have 40 devices narrated back to you with their lovely short names? Um, so I think that having that combination of voice and screen and audio put together in a multimodal way is something that's truly differentiated and really can you can sort of target the the interface to the customer to give them the very best experience versus forcing everything through a single channel. So I'm going to take us
0: in a little bit of a deeper dive on that, that I hadn't anticipated, but it sounds like one of the things that you're really having to dive into is artificial intelligence, something we heard a lot about at CES. I think we're going to continue to hear a lot about it. And while it's been around forever, we're really starting, I think to get to the place where it's a reality, you know, IBM Watson health is certainly or IBM Watson in general health is one of our clients. Um, how much do you do, you know, in that space and, and, you know, how do you stay on top of that and out ahead of the pack in terms of having to process all of these, you know, terabytes of information and all this complexity?
1: I, I, I love the topic of AI machine learning. My um, my postgraduate research is, was in distributed artificial intelligence systems because I couldn't find anything geekier than that to look at. Um, so that, is, that is pretty geeky. It is. <laughs> it's uh, by the way, it's sound. It is as geeky as it sounds. Um, so I've always been fascinated by AI and machine learning. Um, w- we're finding that at our scale, with our amounts of data, we have you know almost infinite things we could apply it to. Whether it's, and I'll give you a great example. We're doing um, crowdsourced machine learning to add intelligence to our camera systems that people are putting in their digital homes. So we can, by looking at how people classify videos, we can learn things like what loitering looks like. Because that's a very fuzzy thing, right? Was there somebody loitering by your home? People would love to know that, but we're we're applying vision-based machine learning with crowdsourced data from our customers to be able to, you know, that's completely anonymized data, but we can learn whether that's um, a loitering pattern and then be able to add that back into the system so that we can provide you more peace of mind with something as simple as a camera. You could take another one. We obviously have the the biggest IP network pretty much in the world. So, you know, there's, and as that becomes software defined all the way from the core to the edge, that means we have a lot of ability to apply machine learning to optimize our network to give everybody better performance. Or think about, you know, we do hundreds of millions of calls every year. Well, we have a lot of customer data. So if we could predict when you're getting into a state where you may have an issue, solve it for you in advance, you never see it as a customer. That's fantastic for you as a customer. It's great for us as a company. So I think there's lots of opportunities. And what we're doing internally is, and I got to be the exec sponsor of it, is we have a very strong AI machine learning guild with almost 100 people across all different parts of the organization that focus on this daily. So I think you can apply it to operations, to products, um, to how you serve the customer, and so it, it really is a valuable tool. But I think that's the key, and this is what we all need to be, understand the technology. It's just a tool. It's not a magic formula. Um, it is something that's only as valuable as the problems you can solve with it, and that's sort of how we're approaching it.
0: That's great, and just one more sort of uh, piece on Home security, smart home. I think a lot of people are wondering, you know, do I really need to be be able to see what's going on at my home all the time? I just got a puppy, um, so I do see the value <laughs> of being able to see, you know, to minimum that, but certainly you mentioned the Let's loitering piece. Today. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, how are you guys thinking about that and how do you help people get over... I think not only the benefit, but also the hurdle of like, whoa, that could be privacy, like if I have the nanny cam or whatever, and I'm, I'm guessing a lot of, I hate to use this term, millennials are seeing the benefit of like being able to see when a package gets delivered to their home or being able to watch their pet. So how are you guys at Comcast thinking about that and particularly from a product perspective?
1: Yes, so I, I think part of it is making it easy and simple to set up your digital homes. So we, have, we have product coming out uh, later this year that really focuses on creating you the best sort of home Wi-Fi connected environment because you know 20% of IoT devices get returned just because people can't onboard them. So the first thing is, let's take out the frustration. Let's make it simple, powerful, make it about people. This is important. You need to be about people and about real problems your family has that you want solved versus sort of abstract, like it's just about technology, it's about programming devices. So that's what we have found, is if you focus on the problems that people have, like real things they want to do, and turn everything towards that and make everything else as simple as possible, so you don't have to be the CIO of your own home, then people start to latch on, like, oh, I see the value. And then I think the other problem with IoT is you kind of get left, right, it's like, hey, here's some light bulbs, here's some switches, and uh, go make some scenario up. You're like, I don't even know what I want to do. So what we're finding is you can look at the community and what they're doing and we want to move to a system more like we can say hey because you've got this this and this if we give you if you went and got one more IoT device do you realize we could do these we could solve these three problems for you And then I think you know we we have to constantly ensure that we have great security you know digital security for our systems make sure that we're respecting the wishes of the customer in terms of what they want done with their data and as long as you can build that trust over time I think people will look at these scenarios, these real problems we're solving, say, oh, I, w- I want to do that. And the best thing is you don't need a lot of equipment, like a camera and a smartphone, and suddenly you've got something that can, you know, be approximate of your presence, so you can do lots of cool scenarios, like, you know, let me know if my kids aren't home by four o'clock Monday to Friday, because you know, like, if their cell phone's home, they're home, to, as you said, like, viewing, hey, you know, tell me if my pet gets into this area of the house, or tell me, you know, if my pet disappears for f- for 30 minutes, give me a message, like, If I can't see that thing, it's probably off chewing something somewhere. So I think that's the key for us is making it easy, putting you in control and respecting what you want to do as a customer and then living up to that kind of trust relationship all the time.
0: Great. Um, That's very helpful. And I think I'm so excited about what's to come. Shifting gears a little bit into, I don't want to say the fun part because that part for me (laughs) is fun, Um, but talking a little bit about you personally and one of the things we like to ask guests, and this is for the value of the audience, You know, we're always looking for good new books and inspiration. So um, I think we were joking in our pre-prep here that,
1: you know, finding a book that didn't involve goblins was going to be tricky. But My my wife is a phenomenal consumer of books, and she always looks at what I read with with some amount of scorn because she she reads very intellectually stimulating books. And mine generally feature goblins and other mythical creatures. Um, But a book I have been reading that I I do enjoy books on leadership management is – a book called team of teams um by general stanley McChrystal, and it's it's him um who was he was the general in charge of the um joint special forces uh operations center battling um in in iraq and what he talks about is the fluidity of that environment and how fast paced it was and how the traditional hierarchical structures were not um, allowing them to be successful operationally and it's a, it's a thesis on uh, how you need to empower organizations and have kind of radical transparency and radical empowerment if you want to increase velocity enough to match kind of the world we all live in um, with the sheer amount of information that's flowing and the ability to sort of everything to change direction very quickly. So a fascinating book, um, I was lucky enough to meet one of the authors. I mean, three of them are ex-Navy SEALs. They have fascinating stories. And it, it is just a great thesis on how we need to change in the modern environment. Um, unfortunately, no goblins. But other than that, it was an absolutely great book, which I thoroughly recommend. Great. Well, thank you.
0: Um, so two more more personal questions. But one is you work for one of the largest content and platform uh, distribution companies in the world. So any shows that you and your wife or you are sort of hooked on right now, maybe doing some
1: binge washing? Um, we don't binge watch because we we're not that patient as as a couple but we love Saturday Night Live um it doesn't matter where we are we will always jump to like the XTV app and have it downloaded and we just can't resist on a Sunday morning watching Saturday Night Live like it's which now has plenty of fodder thanks oh, to our current administration there's some amazing performances on there um obviously I missed the robot was really cool Blind spot was really cool um so we, we we like watching a lot, of, uh, a lot of shows, but apparently we don't have enough patience to binge watch anything. We're like, oh, let's just watch it at the weekend.
0: Yeah, I think my wife and I are in the same boat where we'll watch two or three episodes and realize it's 11 o'clock and we need to go to bed. So um, my last question for you, and this is the, the true fun one. Uh, I don't know how much of a, a appreciator of music you are, but I like to oh, do the well. theoretical of you're stranded on a desert island. You have one album, and you know, for those that don't remember, an album is a collection of songs <laughs> by an artist, although vinyl is helping to make a comeback. What would that album
1: be that you could listen to on replay forever? Okay, I will give you one. I'll give you a quick top three and then one. The top three would have to be Actongue Baby by U2, Dirt by Alice in Chains, and uh, American Idiot by Green Day. I think this is painful. This is a tough qu- This is the worst question. This is the hardest question. I probably would have to go with Actung Baby by U2.
0: So I have to say, you and I obviously could hang out because those are definitely three in my top 25. Just saw Green Bay recently in Berkeley at a tiny club, which was amazing. Um, But yeah, Dirt, one of my favorite of all time. So Chris Satchel, Chief Product Officer at Comcast, thank you so much for taking the time, Chris. I'm really looking forward to seeing your talk later today. Uh, We are doing this live from the Nuco Shift Forum and uh, lots more great content to come. Thank you very much, Aaron. Want more episodes of the What to Know podcast? We post a new episode every Thursday. Check them out on iTunes, the podcast app, and the podcast page at w2ogroup.com backslash what to know.